Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Good afternoon and welcome, everyone. My name is Brett Schonsenbach. I am the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and I'm your host today. And I'm pleased to have with me Andrea Taylor. She is the chief talent officer at Talent Exponential. Thanks for joining me, Andrea. My pleasure, Brett. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, good to have you. So I know we were chatting right before we went live here. And um, yes, I do a little digging and background <laughs> stuff. And you have a, a fun, interesting background. Undergrad degree local here at UCSD. Yes, which is why I'm back here in the area. Yes, It took good. me a while, but couldn't wait to move back. And then a master's from North Carolina State University. Uh-huh. Go Wolfpack. But there was also... This American University in Cairo? Yes. So at UC Sandy, yeah, the UC system has a very interesting junior year abroad program. Ah. And so I had gotten interested in the Middle East and Egyptian, Egyptology, actually in fourth grade. Oh, my goodness. And so I always wanted to go explore. And so when the opportunity came for a junior year abroad, I hadn't kept up my language, so the American University in Cairo was an option. And I can't believe my parents let me get on a plane as a junior in college and go over. And can I tell you a fun fact? Yeah, absolutely. So we had a professor. There's a lot of other UC students. So we had a professor um, from UCLA. His name was Malcolm Kerr. And he was kind of the shepherd for us, for the students. Yeah. And um, he had they had a house in the American community outside Cairo. He is actually st- he was Steve Kerr's dad, who's the coach for the the Warriors. The Golden State Warriors, yeah. The yeah. Warriors, so. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. And he, and of course, Steve Kerr actually was a player at one point who uh, won a couple of championships himself. He did. Very fun. So yeah, fun background from San Diego to Cairo to North Carolina and back. Yes. <laughs> back to Napa, actually. Back to Napa. Yeah. To and I saw that too. So, and then that was your university experience. Mm-hmm. Your professional experience is also interesting. Um, healthcare with Kaiser mm-hmm. and St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. And then, well, before I go to the next one, I have yeah. to mention St. Joe's. So St. Joe's, I know it talked about St. Joe's as like a healthcare uh yeah, large system. Large system, mm-hmm. but is it associated with the Orange County St. Joe's? Or? It is, exactly, oh, okay. yeah. So actually now it's part of the last um, number of years. It came together with Providence. It's actually a really okay. large healthcare. And it's funny because when I first joined, when I joined it was St. Joseph Health, and it was the Sisters of Orange, but I thought it was sure. Orange France, and then I learned it was Orange County, <laughs> not Orange France. <laughs> Orange France, but oh, very large. Funny. So from Alaska to Texas. Yeah. And um, loved working in healthcare. It's one of the most complex, but I think important yeah. um, industries to be in because it's sort of where life happens. So great experience developing leaders within healthcare. Yeah. Well, and complex is the perfect word for it. It's very complex. You nailed it. I was born at St. Joe's in Orange County. Were so you really? It stood out oh, to me. Yes. That's great. Yes. As a young child. Oh, wait. No. As a very, very, very As a very young child. child. Yes. <laughs> but then then you got into wine. I did. So, um, you know, I've worked in leadership development for quite a while. Yes. I worked in nonprofit. I worked, my first job out of grad school was with a large construction company, a consulting firm. And then when I had twins, uh, I moved I saw back. I that, my, by the way. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's my superpower. 
I moved back to Napa because my family was there. Nice. I, I just needed the family help. And so, but my children were very young and I had left a full-time job, sold my house, completely downsized. And so I was like, oh my goodness, I need out of the house. And mm. so, you know, what else do you do in Napa? It's very much about hospitality yes. and wine. So I looked around and I got a job in a small tasting room, which quickly grew. They had a great sales team, quickly grew. It's in Yontville, right um, near the French Laundry, which is like mm. one of the nicest restaurants in the world. But it was so fun because I learned all about wines. I drank way above my budget. <laughs> and actually, I did that uh, off and on for um, three or four years while the kids were growing up, yeah. did some consulting in my field. And then I thought, I really need to get back to really what I love doing, which is helping grow people, develop people. Wonderful. What a fun little journey. So healthcare, wine, nonprofits, but all around or a lot of it around talent mm -hmm. development and, and leadership. And I love what it says here that your goal is to ensure that companies have the right people in the right roles at the right time. So those are three very interesting factors. Why don't you share about that a little bit? Be glad to. Well, when you think about growing companies, companies have a strategic plan. They have a strategic business plan. But to enable that strategic business plan, you've got to have a strategic people plan, which is just what you said, Brett. You've got to have the right people. So you've got to identify those people. And when I work with companies, that's one of the very first steps that I do is to work with the, particularly the leadership team and say, who do you have on your team within your company? What are their skills? Who are your high potential people who have potential for growth? Who are your solid performers? So really identifying that you have the right people. And then are they in the right positions? And then probably my favorite part of the work is helping grow those leaders and creating like that succession plan process. It's kind of like when you think about the Padres, you know, where you have your A-team. Your, you your, your farm leagues. Right. Yeah. And then you have the people so that they're ready to step in yeah. because not having those people ready to step into roles um, can cause a huge disruption of yes. business, lack of engagement, productivity, so many things. And so it's so important to have that plan where you create like what I call a strategic talent plan so that it really does support your business. Oh, that's wonderful. So you started Talent Exponential when? Um, a couple of years ago, I started okay. working on it. I actually have done this process inside healthcare. I right. learned it when I was with Kaiser. And it's just, it's one of my favorite processes because to me, leaders create culture. Mm -hmm. People stay I at totally jobs. Agree. <laughs> you know, I, I read that recently Gallup's like 70% of an employee's engagement and decision to stay with the job is based on their leader. Mm -hmm. If you don't have good leaders and companies, People will leave. And now it's like, it, it's really a challenge to find that talent you need. So you're yes. better off growing them internally so they're ready to step into those roles. Yeah, very true. Very, very cool. So you you gleaned what you are now sharing with companies from your time at Kaiser. And of course, you've carried it through and you mm -hmm. shared it other places and beyond. And now, so talk to us about who is a great target for you these days to work with, uh, you know, in the current setup that you have. Yeah. A lot of times people ask me, is there a specific industry? And it's mm -hmm. like leadership abilities and skills are transcend industries. That leadership skills are leadership skills. Being an empathetic leader, being a visionary leader, being one that engages and develops people, it really transcends industries. But in my case, smaller companies don't really have enough layers of management to really invest in that. Big companies probably have a strategic HR company 
HR person like myself. Right. And so kind of that mid-sized company where they have tactical HR, people who are doing benefits and hiring, et cetera, but don't have a strategic partner like myself who could come in and say, let's look at who the people you have. Let's think about not only who do you need now, but what might you need if you're going to grow to the next level? And how do you develop and identify those? Maybe there's people in the wrong place, too. Yeah. Like, you need to move them out. And having that discussion as a leadership team and then providing resources to develop them. So particularly mid-sized companies. I've worked with um, golf course management companies. I've worked – we would joke in Napa and Sonoma. It was all about beverages. It was either Mm. dairy or wine. And so I've worked across those – so a lot of different industries, healthcare, but that mid-size is probably the best, the company that could benefit the most for what I provide. And there's a lot of different definitions of that term mid-size. So when you're mm-hmm. saying that word mid-size, what does that mean to you? For me, it's more about this, the employee, the management stack. Do yeah. they have multiple layers, probably four or five layers of management? It could be up to 500 people. Gotcha. So it's like being able to look across. Do you have enough people to see, do you have the right people getting them on the bus in the right seats, as Jim Collins would say? Yeah, very cool. All right, we're going to take a brief pause. We're talking to Andrea Taylor, the Chief Talent Officer at Talent Exponential. And we're going to take a pause, let our sponsor message come through. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the things that are going on in the world of talent and exodus and all that stuff. So stay with us. We'll be right back. We just were talking about how you, your your ideal kind of client and, and where you see yourself fitting. And I feel like what you're doing is so important. And I know we've touched on this kind of briefly in, in our discussion already, but um, I want you to kind of look at it. I was looking at your website and a couple of things jumped out at me. So most recently I heard from, from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce that... Um, the latest job statistics say there's 11 million job openings right now in the country, which is 5.3 million more openings than there are even people on unemployment right now. Mm-hmm. That is staggering. It is staggering. And so you, you talked about how important this stuff is because how difficult it is to find the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that part of what you do is help them to find the right people if they don't have the right people in the right places at the right time? I mean, it's a great it's a great statistic. I think the the other part of that, Brett, is that since the pandemic in 2021, I read that 4.47.4 million pe- Americans left their job. Yes. So it's like match that with so many people have left, and then there's a lot of job openings more than people. So my work primarily is like I feel like it benefits the company, it benefits the em- employees, and just creates a better culture if you can grow it from within. Yes. I don't do the talent recruitment, but I gotcha. have partners that I work with on that because I would rather grow your talent from within. Yeah. But like you, it's not always possible. You don't always have that talent within. Um, if you can grow within, there's a better benefit. The research also says if you hire, particularly at the C-suite level, someone from outside, takes you longer to find them. You're going to pay them more, right? Because that's when you negotiate the most money is of when course. you move into a new role. They take longer to acclimate. They mm-hmm. don't know your culture. They're learning their roles. I've seen that go sideways where people come in with mm-hmm. different visions on the leadership team. Yes. And they don't stay as long. Yeah. And you might have a longer gap. You know, av- the averages. I read 73 days. I have never seen an executive come from outside in 73 days. I yeah. see four or six or nine months right, for them right. to come in. Right. I, I agree with you. The 
and the probably the the higher the potential paying that executive position is, the longer it takes. It feels like. It's I don't true. know if that's mm-hmm. yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I that was in my notes too to talk about the great resignation that you just yes. brought up and uh-huh. um, that cost of turnover mm-hmm. is brutal to a company, you know. And you you teased it a little bit, but that disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you have to when you have to bring in a new person, the training, and it's not just the training of that person, but who all's involved in that training, and then and even once they get trained. No matter what, it takes a while to ramp up to really be like fully immersed. It does. And it's not just the skills, Brett, that you're talking about. It's the understanding of the culture and how we operate and what's important and building the relationships. You know, every company I've worked with says we're a relationship business because it is about relationships. Yes. It's like it's about relationships at the chamber. Yes. You know, the chamber is really built on those key relationships. So it just takes longer to understand and to come on. I read that it can... Um, costs 50% of an executive level salary to replace them. Wow. So that includes, so if you're paying an executive, let's just say $200,000 a year, and it costs $100,000 to replace them, you could invest that in some leadership development, right? You could invest that a lot if you're growing people and have them ready. Plus, there's less disruption for the entire organization because it makes everybody a little nervous when you bring a new executive in and where are we going? So it, you know, it's funny. I call it the big quit. The okay. great resignation, yeah, the big, the big quit. quit. Yep. You know, there's a, no, a new thing about quiet quitting, mm. you know, where people are just, they're not, you know, giving 150% anymore. You're right. I feel like it's even more important now to help people look inside and grow their employees because it's for their benefits, employees' benefit, particularly like Gen X. they like, if there's a career path or high potentials, if they see a career path, they're much more likely to stay yep. with your company than if they don't. And, and organizations don't always spend that time doing that process to evaluate yes. and figure out who can I grow within my own company. Well, speaking as a Gen Xer, I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. If there is no path, you're going to disengage and mm-hmm. and that that quiet quit. I think I might have read it on your website, or it must have been on your website, or maybe some of the other thousands of mm-hmm. data points that I get, but. Um, you know, that just that quiet checking out, you know, disengagement. And so that's so expensive for companies to have people just going through the motions, but not really pulling their weight or however you'd want to phrase it. But it's so expensive. It is. That's one of the things I do, like when working with leaders, once you're done, once they've, a company's identified those key people they want to develop is creating an, an individual development plan and then running cohorts with leaders, a couple people from this company, a couple people from another company, because they can learn from one another, really engages them much more. They work on projects for their companies together. So I think if you can make that development process that much more engaging, because people development has to be tied to your strategic business goals. Right. It's not just leadership development for leadership development. It needs to serve to further your business goals. I think that's a gap that, you know, kind of generic team building or different things has. It's like when you're building leaders, it needs to be in support of where your business needs to go, both now and looking for future growth. Yeah, I love that. Makes sense. And is that that whole process you just described, is that part of what you refer to on your website is Deepening your talent bench. Yes. You know, you think about like your bench, like yeah. that's why baseball is a perfect analogy. It's like who's sitting on your bench? Who's ready to step in? Yeah. Or do you have somebody on that bench that 
is just holding other people back, mm. right? Like cause sometimes people land in roles or they've been there a long time and they need to kind of move up or move out. But it's, yeah, it's building that, what they call that leadership pipeline, that bench. That's where the term comes from. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Um, and I think that was interesting too, what you shared about the the Gallup information about how people, you know, a lot of what people will stay or leave is based on their individual leader and which as you said comes down to the culture that that leader is creating exactly. you know throughout the organization and you know that this is a issue whether you're a, a five employee company or a 500 employee company creating a culture is an intentional act to to create something that is part of your vision. I agree. And you really nailed it because, and that's why my focus is on leadership. The longer I've been in the industry, because I've been doing some type of training and development, leadership development for 15, 20 years, it's like leaders create culture. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that the quote that culture will eat strategy for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but leaders create culture, yes. right? And so that's why it's so important, I think, to develop leaders and grow them up. And it's not just about leading performance anymore. It's really about creating culture you know, empathy, self-awareness, self-understanding, growth like that. You're seeing so much more of that about leadership development these days because it's just so important. And people also want to align with companies that are doing good. Oh, yes, very much so. Um, they they want to feel there's a there's a broader purpose mm-hmm. to to what they're doing. And you know, and that can take a lot of different forms. I've seen I've seen companies who are, you know, straight up manufacturing companies, but they have been successful. And so they have such a corporate philanthropic nature with those profits. And anybody on their team could come forward and say, hey, I think we should support this or that. And, you know, and then they will. I mean, that takes it away from just, oh, yeah, we're building military grade radios or something. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a higher. Yeah, vision. higher purpose. Yeah. Well, and I think when that's a thing a leader can do is to help people see here's why we're doing this. Here's the impact it really has so that employees at lower levels may not always see, like, here's our vision and the impact that we have on society. And, um, you know, being socially conscious, how are we doing that? Like, when you think about investing, what are companies investing in? Leaders really kind of do help set that culture. They should model that as well. So very important. Indeed. And uh, in this environment where it's so hard to um, find the perfect people or find, because uh, like you you pointed out, if you're going to bring in somebody from the outside, you're going to pay more. You are. There's no way around yeah. it. Um, so much better to invest in creating an environment that people want to be a part of. At the chamber, you know, we're a nonprofit, mm-hmm. you know, which has funding challenges at times. But, um, and so we know like our team members who are so talented that they could probably do better compensation wise if they were to move out mm-hmm. to the private sector, whether that be moving back to the private sector or moving to the private sector for the first time, whatever it is in their case. But um, we try to make this place really hard to leave. That's my goal. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> really, exactly. hard, really hard to walk away from uh, on a, on multiple different levels. And, and I'm blessed. We have That's a fantastic great. team and um, uh, I feel very fortunate with all of them, but uh but yeah, you know, to your points, you know, it's all about, it comes from the top down. It really does. I had one leader, um, Brett, when I worked in nonprofit, I'll never forget, 
Yeah. He said to me, he called one of the other uh, workers and myself into his office, and he said, where would you like to be in five years, mm. and how can I help you get there? Nice. I didn't really have an answer at that point, but I have never forgotten that type of what I call like an open-handed leader where yeah. like, I'm not trying to hold on to you. Yeah. I want to help to grow and develop you. And I think that's another reason why it's so important to invest in your people. Yeah. Because I, the other side I've seen where leaders are like, I don't, I'm not interested in growing you because you do such an amazing job here. And those people leave. Yeah. And they go to other organizations and they find a place where they grow and develop. And it's a disservice to the person as well as to the organization because particularly people that have a lot of capability that you could grow. Great point. Very good point. So I know you already uh, said it earlier, but I did see that um, you in the past, I think in Napa, led the mother of twins club. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I So I'll just say I'm, I tend to like jump in and yeah. I, love to, I love to lead myself and teach. Um, my twins were nine months when I moved to Napa. So mm. even though my mom lived there and my brothers, I didn't know a lot of people. Sure. And so my mom had been to, they had like kind of like a downtown market, like they called it a chef's market. And they had a table there for the Mothers of Twins Club. Wow. So I joined and uh, it was the most amazing support group. That's great. Uh, because most of them, we, you know, I'd say there was a dozen moms and we all had kids around the same age and the twins. And it was really a support group. We drank a lot of wine yep. and talked about our kids together. We do events together every year. And so um, I ended up being the president for that just to keep it going. It's such a challenging experience. It's an amazing experience, but very challenging. And so to be there to help provide support for new moms and go, sure. oh, you should get this or talk with this person or, or just like, let me watch your kids for a couple hours. Sure, <laughs> you can take yeah. a nap. That type of support. Yeah, it was just invaluable for me. Provided me a group of friends, and yeah, my sister is a, my sister and her husband had twins. Their first kids were they had twins, and then they had one more a couple years later. So wow. I saw I saw that you firsthand. You know what that's yeah. like, right? But um, so I have to ask though, with mm -hmm. your red hair, did either of your twins get your red hair? No, no, neither no. of them. Huh? No, when my son has like lighter, but it's more like light brown, yeah. and my daughter's a little bit darker. So, yeah, my so. I ha the reason I asked my my father and his sister were both redheads, and none of their kids were. But mm -hmm. now I have four redheads. I've heard it skips a generation. <laughs> I've heard that too, so it's very funny. And my sister has a uh, two, well, a redhead and a strawberry. So there's uh -huh. my dad has like something like six redheaded grandkids, but oh. none of his own children were redheads. It's funny. <laughs> So funny. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more and, you know, find out if uh, you guys might be a good fit to work together? You bet. So my website is Talent Exponential with the X. And um, you are, can welcome to reach out to me online. Check my website. Give me a call. So that's Talent, T-A-L-E-N-T, -E and then Exponential's X. P-O-N-E-N-T-I-A-L. It is correct, dot Talent com. Exponential yes. dot com. So I guess we're just missing the E for exponential. We are just, yes, we No, are. It, looks, it looks very cool, but <laughs> I just wanted our viewers who can't see this. <laughs> right, exactly. To, to know to exactly know, how to Because there find. is one with an E and mine's without the E. Yeah, Talent So, and I attend almost every chamber event. So you yes. can also connect with me at the chamber. Wonderful. Give me a call. Can I get my phone number as well? You may. Okay, it's 619 Seven 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 six two two seven. So feel free to call me there as well. Wonderful. Well, we uh, appreciate you being a member of ours and being so engaged. And uh, you are 
your work is so important for companies right now. And mm -hmm. I'm really glad we had a chance to kind of chat about this and open up these topics. And, you know, companies out there, don't take this lightly. Mm -hmm. Don't put this off. It'll come back and bite you on the backside if you just <laughs> ignore these kind of cultural things. Um, there's never the perfect time. It's all, but it's time. Do it. It is. It's the right time to do it. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio. And please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad people, purpose, and impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.